your Bibles and turn back to the Gospel of John if you would like to follow along. John chapter 14. During the month of July, we've been taking a look at Jesus' I Am sayings in John's Gospel. There are seven recorded. Hoping that many of you have them memorized by now. I've been trying to say them each week. Uh, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I, I am the door. I am the vine. And uh, then tonight, as we will consider together, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, that's our focus tonight from John 14, verse 6. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 7 of John 14. Please give careful attention to the word of God. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord... We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we come tonight with hearts that either are troubled or are so easily troubled. And we pray that you would give us faith in you. We pray that you would give us the eyes of faith to see your promises and lay hold of them and to see your son and who he truly is and what he's done for us and why there is great comfort and life and hope in him. Lord, as we have just sung to you, we lift up our souls to you. Lord, we trust in you. And we ask that you would instruct us in your paths and make us to know your way. Lord, make us to know the way, the way, the truth, and the life. And teach us to follow in faith. Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Box Elder Canyon is one of the best kept secrets in central Wyoming. It's a breathtaking place and it's really like a mini Grand Canyon. There's a crystal clear creek that dances through the bottom of the canyon and around huge red rocks. 
Uh, there are towering walls that shoot up from the canyon. And uh, much of the canyon is on private land, but there's a small public section where you can actually access the canyon. And you can get a, a wonderful view from the rim, and you can even climb down to the water on a faint path. But there's only one way to get to Box Elder Canyon, and it's not marked, and it's not on any maps. There are no signs. It's very hard to find. But I was told that I had to see this beautiful place. But I didn't know where it was, and I didn't know how to get there. And so I had to be told where it was, and I had to be told how to get there. Someone had to show me the only way. Once I knew that way, once I knew where it was, I was able to go, and it did not disappoint. And I went back many times, and it's one of my favorite places. Well, here in John chapter 14, Jesus tells us of a place that is far more wonderful, a place that is far more beautiful and amazing. It's a place, he says, that he's gone before to prepare for us. It's where he and where the Father are and where we will be with him if we belong to him by faith. But on our own, apart from him, we do not know this place, and we don't know the way to this place. We don't know how to get there. What is this place that Jesus is speaking of? Well, he's speaking of, of heaven. He's talking about eternal life, heaven uh, with the Father, with him for his people. But Jesus doesn't just tell us the way to heaven. He says that he himself is the way. And he is the only way. No one can get to this most wonderful place apart from him. No one can come to the Father. No one can come into heaven except through him. And so Jesus says here, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus says these stunning and amazing and beautiful words uh, to call you to faith in him. He says these words so that you might be with him forever and so that your hearts might not be troubled, that they might be comforted, that you might know him and look to him alone as the way to heaven and the way to salvation. And so the call to all of you from these wonderful words tonight is to know and believe in this Jesus. This Jesus who says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Friends, God's word calls you tonight to come to the Father through Jesus. Come to the Father through the Son because he is the only way. But he will bring you to that place. He will bring you to heaven. He will come again. And so, friends, go to heaven through Jesus by faith in him. Because he is the only way, truth, and life. Well, let's sit together tonight, if you will, at Jesus' feet and uh, 
hear these words from him and seek to respond to them with faith and understanding. And I want us first to consider uh, the setting in which Jesus says these words and the the question uh, that prompts these words. Let's consider first the context. Uh, The context is really comfort. The context is comfort. Jesus says to his disciples in verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. He is comforting his disciples. Now, why is he doing that? Why do they need comfort? Why may their hearts be troubled? Well, I think there are several reasons. It it helps to look back at verse or at chapter 13. Uh, Jesus has just said to them that um, one of them would betray him. And of course, he's speaking of of Judas. And, And John tells us that Satan enters Judas at that point and he leaves and he's soon to betray Jesus. Jesus has also just said to his disciples, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me and where I am going, you cannot come. Jesus is soon to be betrayed. He's soon to face the awful death on the cross and he's going to leave them. They're going to be alone. And so Peter responds to all this in a typical Peter way. Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go with you. I will lay down my life for you. But to that, Jesus responds, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. On top of these sober predictions Jesus has just given to them, uh, he has just called them to follow his example and wash each other's feet. He has just called them to love one another just as he loved them. And he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. And so because of these these great high callings he's given to them, because of their concern about the future, they could very easily be overwhelmed and troubled. And so Jesus is seeking to comfort them. And he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he goes on and gives these most glorious and amazing promises in verses 2 through 3. We could spend all, all night here. These are such comforting promises that we may need to lay hold of by faith. He says there are many rooms in his father's house, and he is going there to prepare a place for them. He tells them he is going to come again and take them to be with him. Jesus is comforting their troubled hearts with the reality of heaven, that heaven is for them, that it's being made ready for them, the reality of eternal life, the reality of his return, the certainty that they will be welcomed into the Father's house. And these are such amazing wonderful, comforting promises. But then Jesus sets up a question, prompts this question from Thomas in verse 4 by saying, you know the way to where I'm going. But listen to how Thomas responds in verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? It seems their hearts are troubled. And they want to be comforted by where he's going and by these wonderful promises. 
But as Thomas says here, they don't know where he's going. And they don't know the way. And this statement by Thomas is what prompts Jesus' powerful response. The I am statement that we're considering tonight. His reply in verse 6. But before we go there and consider that in depth, think about this. On our own, on your own, we are just like the disciples. We do not know of heaven because we are sinners. We in ourselves don't belong there. We don't know how to get there. And even if we did, we would reject that. We don't know how to be reconciled to God. Our hearts can be so easily troubled by so much, even if we do know Christ. And so how can these promises comfort? How can they become reality? Well, the answer is right in front of them. The answer is right in front of us. It is through Jesus, in Jesus, because of who he is and what he would do, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what Jesus says to Thomas in reply. And that's what, what I want to consider in depth now together. Let's think about Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, one by one, briefly. First of all, the, the second point on your outline, let's consider Jesus as the way. So Thomas has just said, how can we know the way? And Jesus basically replies to him, Thomas, the way is standing right in front of you. Thomas, it's me. I am the way. Notice he doesn't say, I'll show you the way or get out your notebook. I'll tell you the way. He says, I am the way. The way to heaven, the way to be with the Father, the way to eternal life is a person. And he is standing there on earth. It is Jesus. Now, kids, I want you to think about that word way. That's a, it's a word that we use often. A way is a road or a path. It's how you get somewhere or how you get something done. And so I might show you the way to the kitchen I might show you the way I tie my shoes. I might say something like, there's no way you could climb Pikes Peak in three hours. Well, people in the Bible times walked everywhere. And if they wanted to go somewhere, they had to know the way. And they didn't have GPS. They didn't have phones. They didn't have modern maps like we do. If they went the wrong way, they would get to the wrong place. Well, that's true not just in getting, getting somewhere or getting something done. That's true morally. That is true with our actions and with our beliefs. Uh, if you think and live the right way, God's way, uh, you honor him and you love others and you get to where you ought to be. But if you think and act the wrong way, uh, your own way, you bring harm to yourself. You bring harm to others. You dishonor God. And so the Bible talks a lot about our ways. We sang several psalms that speak about the way in which we go. The Bible presents primarily two ways. On the one hand, there's the way of 
of the fool, the way of the world, the way of sin. Uh, This way leads to death. And then there's the way of the Lord, uh, the way of wisdom, the way that leads to blessing, uh, the way of life. Uh, Proverbs is full of this language of of these two ways. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to man, but it ends, but its end is the way to death. Proverbs 2, 20, you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. Uh, Psalm 1 talks about the blessed man who does not walk in the way of sinners, but walks in the way of God's word And that psalm concludes by saying, The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Jesus is picking up on this key theme in Scripture, this language, this picture of ways. And he will say in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. The gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Jesus is saying here in John 14, he is the way of life. He is that way that is narrow and hard, the way of life, the way of wisdom, the way of blessing, the way to heaven. But how could he say that? How is he the way? Why is he the only way? Well, it's because he is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the God-man come in the flesh who had come to reconcile the holy God with sinful man. 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And as that one mediator, the God-man, Jesus perfectly walked in the way of life. While on earth, he perfectly walked in the way of God's word. He never once walked in the way of sin. He never once walked down that path to destruction. He walked the way that none of you can, the way that I cannot walk. He fulfilled all righteousness And then he died and rose for sinners to make atonement for our sins. So that whoever believes in him has forgiveness, has his righteousness, has heaven, has access to the Father's house. As we heard in Hebrews 10.20 this morning and also tonight in the call to worship, he is the new and living way opened by his own shed blood letting us enter in to God's holy house with confidence. This is so central to the gospel. It was so foundational for early Christians that they actually became known as followers of the way or belonging to the way. You can look for that phrase in the book of Acts. It shows up several times. Followers of the way. But did you hear how exclusive Jesus' words are? I am the way. He doesn't say, I I am a way. I'm one way. I'm, I'm a good way. No, he says, I am the way. And then to cement this, he adds after these words, 
no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. And those words, no one, are both chilling and and wonderful. I think we can miss those words. No one comes to the Father except through me. Those who do come through him by faith do come to the Father. This is why for 2,000 years, men and women have been suffering and sacrificing and dying as missionaries and martyrs to proclaim the only way of salvation, to preach Jesus, because there is no other way to the Father. And this is why you must know Jesus as the way. This is why your faith must be in him. Because you go to heaven, you gain access to the Father, to salvation, not by a list of rules, not by good deeds, not by the wisdom of man, not by knowing a set of facts or walking a certain way. No, salvation comes, heaven comes by a person, only one, the God-man Jesus. And so I ask tonight, and I want you to hear this question, do you know the way? Do you know Jesus? Are you trusting in him yourself personally for salvation? There is no other way. There is no other Savior. You cannot come to the Father if you do not know and trust the Son. You cannot go to heaven. You cannot have comfort for your troubled hearts. You cannot have forgiveness of sins and life eternal apart from Jesus. You have no place in heaven unless the way is yours by faith. Well, the way is exclusive. It is the only way. It is hard. It's narrow, but it leads to heaven. It leads to life, and it is true. And Jesus makes that point with his very next words, that not only is he the way, but he's also the truth. Let's consider that third tonight, the truth. When you hear that word truth, you think about the day and age we live in, now, ours is a day when truth is under attack. Uh, truth is relative, it's subjective. Something is true if it fits the feelings and desires of an individual, not if it fits reality, not if it accords with right and wrong. Well, Jesus comes into this world, this world of lies, this world of deception, this world confused and in the dark that despises but desperately needs the truth and he says I am the truth I am the truth in the flesh I am the truth as a person I am the truth revealed the truth of God revealed what a statement this is John 1 verse 14 said the word became flesh and dwelt among us 
And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is truth. He is full of truth. Everything he says is true. Everything that he does is based on truth. And especially what he has said and done in the gospel. Jesus said in John 8, 31, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I am the truth. We are slaves to sin. Apart from Christ, we face an eternity in hell for our sins, but Jesus, the truth, the only Savior, the one who crushes the father of lies, sets you free. He sets you free from sin and death. He sets you free from the lie that you don't need a Savior, or that there are other ways to heaven, or that there is no hell. You can't get to heaven. You cannot be saved by what is not true. Only the truth of who you are and who he is and what he's done for you will give you freedom, will give you heaven, will give you that place prepared by Jesus. You cannot come to the Father by that which is not true, uh, by that which is false, only by him who is the truth. I want you to think about if you were a, a soldier wounded in battle and uh, you see the medic and the medic says, soldier, you have a mortal wound and you will die. But if I operate, I can save you. You may not like that message. You may not want it. You may not agree with it. You may think it's, it's bleak and exclusive. But if it corresponds to reality, if it is accurate, if it is real, then it is true. And humanly speaking, you can only be saved by believing that it is true and trusting your life to that medic. Uh, trusting your life to his words that, that what he has spoken is true. Jesus says, I am the truth. I'm the only way to be saved. I am the only way to heaven. Apart from me, you will die in your sins and be separated from God. You have a mortal wound, a spiritual wound, sin. And it will lead to eternal death and judgment. But by faith in me, by faith in Jesus, the truth, you will be saved and have eternal life. That is true. He is truth. And he will save you if you trust in him. And so the crucial question for all of us tonight is, do you know the truth? Do you believe him who is the truth? Do you believe all that he says and all he has done for you? Friends, you must. He is the truth. You must because he who is the truth, he who is the way, is also the life. Let's consider that fourth and finally tonight. He is also 
the life. We thought about Jesus as the source of life when we talked about his words, I'm the bread of life. But think about this claim to be the life. This is really another claim of divinity, a claim to be God, God in the flesh. Why? Because God alone is the creator of life. God alone is the giver of life. God is life. He is the one that breathed the breath of life into Adam. Life is not an accident. It's not a random self-generated occurrence. Life comes only from life. It comes only from God. And Jesus says, I am the life. And he says those words to those who are dead in their sins. He says, I am the life to those who are in dying bodies, who know the reality and terror of death, who have no power over death. I am the life. You cannot come to the Father. You cannot come to the place of eternal life dead in your sins without one to give you life and only God has that power in Christ by faith in him you can and you will come to the place of eternal life and Jesus can say I am the life only because he would give his life he would shed his blood he would lay down his life for dead sinners on the cross And then he would rise again to give them life so that he might give them resurrected life. This is why he said before going to Lazarus' grave and and weeping in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is also the source of new life right now. Life in Christ. He says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. People today talk about living the life. Or or you only live once, live it up. But real life eternal life, life as it was meant to be, life as we actually long for in our souls, life restored and renewed, life free from sin and death and sorrow and pain and tears. That life is only in Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These I am sayings of Jesus are some of the sweetest gospel saturated words in the Bible. J.C. Ryle once said, The fullness of these precious words can probably never be taken in by man. He that attempts to unfold them does little more than scratch the surface of rich soil some ways there's there's too much goodness and glory here and yet these words are for us these words are for you that you 
must lay hold of and believe and cling to and live by and rejoice in. And because of that, I want us to close with just four brief applications tonight, thinking about Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. First of all, if you know and trust Jesus tonight as the way, the truth, and the life, then you need to know that your future is secure. Your future is certain, and it is wonderful. Your future is in the Father's house, heaven, and ultimately the new heavens and the new earth, a place perfectly prepared for you by Jesus himself, a place of wonder and joy and life and bliss beyond what we could ever begin to imagine where you will be with Jesus forever. Friends, rest and rejoice in this. Your sure future, your final home. Jesus promises it to you here. He will take you there. Second, tonight, Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. And your relationship to Jesus is the most important reality of your life now and forever. If you know him and you are trusting him, then you know the only way of salvation. Salvation is yours. And all you have and all that you will have comes from him. He is your life. He is your salvation. He is your most defining truth. You are a follower of the way. You belong to the way. And so make Jesus everything. Make him central to all that you are and all that you do because of who he is and what he has done for you. Third, worship and proclaim Jesus as the only way. Worship and serve Jesus and and make him known by your life and your witness as the only way of salvation. Remember, no one comes to the Father. No one is reconciled. No one comes to a saving relationship with the God who made them apart from Jesus. And so seek to make him known. Think about when, it, when an entrepreneur finds a way to solve a widespread problem and can make that way available and sell it. They make it known to the world. They, they spread that as wide as they can. But we have the only way of life, the only way of salvation, the one who all mankind needs. And we do not sell him because he has paid in full himself. We offer him freely as he offers himself. And so make him known to all. Proclaim Jesus as the only way, truth, and life. And then fourth and finally tonight, brothers and sisters, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Remember the context, comfort, 
comfort from your tender, gentle Savior. There is so much that troubles our hearts. There is so much that is troubling in this world. And that's putting it lightly. But there is comfort. There is peace. There's life and salvation. There is a home for troubled hearts. And his name is Jesus. And he will come again and he will take you to himself. He will bring you to his father's house. And he will do so soon. And so rest your hearts in him. Have life in him. Come to the father by faith in him. And hear his words just once more tonight. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, how we thank you for sending us your only begotten son who is the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you for opening wide the door of salvation through him, through his own flesh and blood on the cross so that we might enter into the Father's house with many rooms prepared for us with Jesus forever. Lord, let us lay hold of him by faith. And even if we have been a follower of the way for decades tonight, let our hearts leap and rejoice to hear of the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, open doors for us to speak of this way, this only way, this Savior, this precious Lord, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for laying down your life so that you would be the way, the truth, and the life. Let us live for you. Comfort our troubled hearts tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.